like you said, if you break these promises or these micro commitments that you made to yourself, you're you're not only fueling your your subconscious mind now with nothing but negativity, you're you're losing trust with yourself and you're just getting further and further away from your goal. And so when you can accept that and know that those times are gonna happen, because nobody's perfect, we all go through these moments. Like I did yesterday, I did not wanna go to the gym, but I knew that if I just got through those gym doors, I knew why I was there. I wasn't there to people watch, even though I ended up being on my phone too much, I still got through the workout. Welcome to the High Performance Health Podcast with your host, Angela Foster. The show where we talk about everything you need to break through limits and achieve a high performance mind, body, and lifestyle. So I am super excited to be here today and welcome to the show, Jason Priest, who is the host of Dad Bod Pod. He was originally a registered nurse um, and then became a PT and a health and performance coach and is busy transforming the lives of many entrepreneurs in terms of transforming their own health and their success. He was also been featured in Men's Health magazine on his own personal transformation. Um, welcome to the show. It's great to hey, have you thanks, on. Thanks, Angela. I appreciate you having me and hopefully I can add some value to your audience today. I'm sure you can. I can't wait to, uh, I have a ton of questions to ask you, so I can't wait to get started. So before we dig in, um, can you just share with us a little bit about your background? Because I know you witnessed um, some pretty um, dramatic events when you're working in ICU um, and that was part of your journey in terms of arriving where you are today. For sure. Yeah. And that's a great question because, you know, we all have a, we all have a story and um, I had a bit of a, a checkered childhood. I grew up in a single family home and really got in a lot of trouble as a kid. And um, I kind of hit a breaking point after I got out of high school and decided that I needed to do something with myself very quickly uh, or else I was not going to end up in, uh, you know, not be a functioning member of society. So I decided to go to nursing school. It was a quick way out. And, um, you know, it, it was an opportunity for me to do a two-year program and be able to make a, a very good income at a young age. And it would at least get me uh, away from the trouble that I was getting into. And my mom actually was, uh, my mom had a lot of health issues. Um, you know, she was very highly depressed, uh, smoked in the house, was a drinker. And, and I grew up in the single parent household. So witnessing that uh, just wasn't easy for me. And so once I became a nurse, um, I was started to work in an ICU at, at 23 years of age, which is probably a good thing and a bad thing. And the good thing was, is, you know, I was probably numb to a lot of the, a lot of the emotional stuff that was tied to it because at 23, I was probably as mature as I was at 13. Uh, most men can probably admit that, uh, the, the ones who are at least humble. Um, so I was not very mature, but, um, I saw a lot of scary things. Uh, as you can well imagine. And working in an intensive care unit, um, we did a lot of heart surgeries. And uh, I, I remember doing chest compressions on very young men. Like we talked about before the show, uh, the, the youngest that I've seen was a 38-year-old guy. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but it's the reality. And so that stuff weighed on me heavily. And later on, I would go on to marry my best friend. I met her in the hospital. And uh, we've been married for, for 15 years now. And when I met her, we got married. And literally two months after we got married, my mom passed away. She was 49. I was 25. And oh, wow. I got very depressed. Yeah. And it was not a, obviously not an easy time in my life. And so my, my wife and my mom had become very close. Uh, and then my world was flipped upside down. And so I became very depressed. Uh, my, my wife then shortly after that got accepted to pharmacy school and we had to move away. 
She's now a pharmacist. And when we moved away, I didn't know anybody. I was drinking too much beer and eating too much fast food, uh, kind of using that as my, my stress relief. Um, I started playing a lot of golf and that was my, my time away. I'd buy beer, get some fast food on the way to the golf course and play golf all day. And so that caught up to me pretty quickly. Um, you know, I, I ended up at my heaviest. I was 60 pounds overweight and had my own, you know, my own health transformation. Finally became sick and tired of being sick and tired. Started taking my health seriously. And I haven't looked back since. And so um, having those memories, though, from the ICU, to, to your point, uh, was a big reason that I wanted to, or a big inspiration that I wanted to be able to do more for people um, in, in my country, because we have a very bad obesity epidemic here, as you well know. And it's just this body positivity movement, uh, the dad bod, and the acceptance of where we are at now is not going away anytime soon. And my goal, my purpose, I believe, is to try and make the biggest impact that I can uh, in the obesity epidemic in our country. Yeah, it's amazing. And I know you're doing that from, from the work you're doing. Um, great story. You, um, so you kind of had a little bit of the dad bod, but just for, um, you know, some, many of my listeners are in the UK, they may not know what the dad bod is. Sure. Um, so it's not a term that I've heard that widely used. Obviously, it's used a lot in the U.S., um, but I know when we spoke and you you kindly had me on your show, we were talking about how um, dads in particular almost seem to put on a little bit of weight when they have children, not dissimilar um, to women, but for different reasons. And sure. you're very good at helping them actually get back in shape and get healthy. In terms of the way you advise them, I know that you're um, you're very focused on doing things in the shortest amount of time. You're a successful entrepreneur yourself. You work with many different entrepreneurs. What's your approach to people that are listening who maybe have neglected it, that they're very successful, but they've maybe neglected their health? Um, Where do you think they should start? Because I know you have quite a unique approach. It's not just fitness. Yeah, that's an awesome question. And and to be honest with you, um, I did it all wrong. And when I say I did it all wrong, uh, it took me a while to figure out the best approach uh, in order to get myself into shape. And I think that's why most, especially men and, and even women out there, um, can tend to fall flat on their face when they start trying because I think that when we get overweight, we we get frustrated, we get overwhelmed, we're not happy with the way that we look in the mirror or that the way that we feel throughout the day. Our energy levels are in the in the dumps, and it's a very it's very tempting to to dive headfirst into this extravagant workout program, follow a fad diet or try to be very strict on yourself because it's, we have this perception. We live in an immediate gratification society. You know, you and I both have a phone. We can go to Google or ask Siri or Alexa, any answer we want, and we're going to get it pretty quickly. And I think the perception is that with health, and that's why a lot of these fad diets catch on so quickly, and a lot of these weight loss companies make billions of dollars, it's because they're offering a, almost like a false solution that you and I both know that that's just not the case when it comes to health. And so when I dove in head first, started trying the fad diets, super low carb, keto, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, doing hours and hours of cardio, uh, it just wasn't sustainable. So my focus is with sustainability. I think that's the most important piece to the puzzle because uh, I hate the word diet. We all have a, we all follow uh, w- what we have as our, our diet but I hate the, the term going on a diet. It's, it's a short-term fix. It's not a long-term solution. It usually has an end date. 
And the example that I use for my clients is if, if you're 40 pounds overweight and you're going to go on a strict diet, what happens when you lose the 40 pounds? You're just going to go back to the way that you were eating before? Probably not. So what I do is I come in from an angle that gives them a, a more realistic approach. I don't try to change too much at once. I don't throw it all on them at once. And usually what I see, especially with busy, busy entrepreneurs, busy professionals is they lack sleep and they have high levels of stress. And those are two of the focal points in my business is that I come in and say, look, let's optimize your sleep and stress management while we get you a little bit more active. We start to change some of your eating habits. But once we fix those first two things, then you're going to notice you're going to be able to accept the fact that eating healthy and exercise become a vital role in getting you to your goal. And so it's not necessarily about, hey, I'm going to throw you in this five hour a week gym routine um, that I'm doing because I've been at this for oh, almost 15 years now. It's, hey, let's find a way to bridge the gap from where you're at now, which is probably on the couch eating chips and watching Netflix to living an active lifestyle. And so I've created some of my program around, let's get you going first. And that might just be, you know, one day we, I might just have you do three sets of some push-ups or three sets of some crunches or some body weight squats just to get your body used to starting to take on a little bit more load so that, you know, a month or, or, or six weeks into the program. Now, when you go into the gym or you start doing more intense home workouts, you're not going to be rip sore and hating life because you've gotten your body ready for that. Same approach with nutrition as well you're not going to cut out all the fast food all at once. If you could, you would have probably already done it. You're not going to cut out all the soda and energy drinks. You know, so for energy drinks and sodas, my approach would be, hey, let's get you off the full sugar energy drinks first. Let's go from sugar full monster to sugar free monster as a way to bridge that gap. The next step is going to be to start wean you off of those, get more water into your life. And eventually you're going to realize that when you, when you start fueling your body with real nutrient dense foods, you're going to have real energy and not have to rely on that fake energy that you're getting from that stupid can that's nothing but poison for you. But it's a process, as you well know. And so I hate when people dive in head first, fall on their face, and all they're doing is one month in, now they're back to square one with the same uphill battle because the approach uh, wasn't the, the best for them. Mm. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. And I think, I think people do kind of just do everything at once and they get into this really intense exercise program. Then they might get an injury, something happens and they can't sustain it. Yes. Um, but also on the nutrition front, I think you make a really good point there. You know, it's about, I find it's about crowding out the bad habits or crowding out the poor food choices. I love that bringing term, yeah. in really good, healthy. Um, and, then, and then as you say, it becomes easier. And the, and the stress piece is really important as well, because I think a lot of people don't realize just how much that cortisol is actually raising their blood sugar, raising their insulin and promoting further fat storage. And yes. so you're absolutely right that that sleep and stress component is so important. Um, how do you kind of coach them in terms of changing their mindset? Because I know with, um, you know, entrepreneurs and successful people, they'll often turn around and say, well, actually, I thrive on stress. That's what makes me successful. Um, and it's kind of educating them that actually, you know, they can still be successful without that. Yeah. And, you know, that's a that's an awesome how question. Do because of, I, how, do you, how do you approach that yeah, and I find that I find that true as well. And you know, my my term is you know many entrepreneurs they they like to subscribe to what, what the grind, right? We always hear about the grind, and I I come from a place where I'm like, look, the grind is going to grind you into the ground if you're not careful, and you've got to be able to 
and, and you and I spoke about this on my show as well, is that there's also good stress, right? There, there is a certain amount of stress that's good and it can come from different, different types of uh, stressors. And so when you're not managing your stress, you're not going to perform at your optimal level. And I think that that's where the education comes in because when they start to implement a lot of the stress, uh, stress management uh, strategies that I bring into play, could be as simple as starting out with a gratitude journal. Most people don't realize that keeping a gratitude, a daily gratitude journal can do wonders for your stress levels. You know, it makes you really reflect on what's truly important to you in life. And, and being grateful is the first step to having more fulfillment and more happiness. We're not going to be 100% happy all the time, but we can feel mostly fulfilled all the time. And I think gratitude is a big step. Then when I start to bring in deep breathing and meditation, um, we start to dial in their sleep habits and get that more strict. I'm very big on a strict sleep schedule. I firmly believe that if you go to bed at the same time every night, your body will get used to that pretty quickly. And then you're going to find that once we optimize the other areas of your health, you're going to start waking up at a very similar time every day. And I tell my, my clients all the time that one of my biggest goals is for them to wake up before their alarm ever goes off. And when we get everything dialed in, that does start to happen. And they're shocked. They're like, I've been, I've been hitting snooze eight times uh, for the last 10 years. And once we get everything dialed in, the snooze, the snooze uh, goes away and they're, they're shocked, but that's all stress. And you know that. And so I think that the education piece is huge. Um, but once they start to get a little hint of that, it's mind blowing. Um, I've got a guy that I'm working with right now. He's only been, I've only been working with him for two, two weeks. He implemented the gratitude journal and only five minutes of meditation just over the last week. And he's like, man, I can already tell a big difference. I'm like, just wait until we're like two months in, you know? And so experiencing it is huge, but here's another key factor is that just like with exercise, okay, I use this example often, but you can't go to the gym twice a month and expect to get results. You also can't do a gratitude journal or a med or meditation twice a month and expect to get results. These things have to be daily and not every day. Like, I'm not going to uh, sit here and lie to you and tell you that Saturdays and Sundays are super consistent for me because if I tend to, if I sleep a little bit longer on a Saturday, um, and my son and my son is awake before me, then meditation might go out the window for the day and that's okay. But most days I'm very consistent with it. And when that happens to my clients and their lives, uh, it's a game changer. And that having that feeling and that, that, that added layer of confidence uh, just makes all the difference for their production later on in the day. Yeah, for sure. I mean, those, those are such good points. I know from my own um, meditation practice, like, as you know, I was talking to you earlier, I, I recently moved house and things got so busy and I neglected it. And actually, I really noticed, I've now gone back to it, just the emotional regulation, the ability to concentrate, the ability to handle stress is so different when I've meditated and also just even taken a few moments. And literally all these things, aren't they? They're just micro things that you can do. Very small steps. Um, they don't take a lot of time, but even visualizing my day and how I want that day to progress yes. makes a huge difference in the outcome of that day. Um, yeah, it, it's it's amazing, really. It is, and I it's, think it, I think gratitude as well is really important. It's huge, and and sometimes it's funny because I love that you you know you let it go for a little while. Now you've come back and you see you know how powerful it can be because. You know, some, some of life's most elementary things are the most powerful things, and, but they need to be repeated. You know, the subconscious mind uh, is, is such a powerful tool, and it can either be used for you or against you. You know, another one that uh, 
positive affirmations and auto suggestion. You know, when you make a, a, a written goal list and you're reading your goals off uh, on a daily basis, and, and these are things that you're planting in your mind, it's different when you write it down and actually read it on a daily basis. And people don't buy into it. I didn't buy into it for a long time. To be honest with you, I thought that meditation was like, uh, you know, so, something that, that only hippies did or some kind of witchcraft thing. And when I finally started doing it consistently and realized that this is going to change my life, uh, I, I don't see myself ever going back. So it, it's so powerful. Yeah, it is. It's so powerful. And, and reading the goals, you make an amazing point there. I know a mentor of mine, when, uh, when I started with him, one of the first things he said, a hugely successful guy, was you need to read your goals every single day. That's how sure. they're going to become a reality. And I think people yeah. underestimate. And that doesn't matter, actually. You know, he, he always encouraged me to have goals in kind of the seven areas of life. It doesn't have to just be business or oh, for relationships sure. or fitness. It, you've got to cover all areas. That's kind of the true definition, I think, of success, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, but you know, one thing you mentioned there on the... Oh, sorry. No, I was I just going to add... delay, you know, actually. Yeah, it, and it's uh, the Zoom bandwidth. Sometimes it happens, but I'll tell you, mm. um, I'm glad that you brought that up because I recently made a new goal list, and one of my goals on there is that I will commit to doing a date night without my son. So date night for me and my wife is is no kid involved. It's not when the family goes out. That's not a date night, right? And so I've committed now to do a date night once a month, every single month, where I call a babysitter because we're really bad about it. We will. We love him so much that we'll just take him with us because we're like, well, we'll just go out as a family because we want him with us. But making time for your spouse or your significant other and having that alone time with them is, is so huge. And when you can do that, you, you don't realize how important it is until you do it. And so now one of my goals uh, on my 10 goals is we will do a date night every single month. I will call the babysitter. I will arrange everything and I will make it happen. And now that it's written down, I will not sway from that. We are going to do this every month, no matter what happens. And so, yes, every area of life, it's huge, whether it's fitness. If you're struggling with your fitness, it's great to make goals based around that. Write them down, um, you know, put it on a calendar and, and have these, you know, these smart goals. It's, it's a very, very impactful for your life. Yeah, absolutely. And so just talking, kind of going back to that then on the fitness side of things, because I know you get amazing results um, and it doesn't require a lot of time. What have you found for people who are busy to be the most impactful in terms of conditioning their bodies? Do you use a combination of HIT with some weights and strength workouts? What have you found that's moved the needle the most for them? I do. And, and I love that because I think that, you know, having a combination is best. I don't think that there's anybody out there who couldn't benefit from weight training. And it's a, it's a core part of my programs. And so, um, whether you're doing home workouts or gym workouts, not all my clients can get to a gym, um, but we're still going to be doing some some type of resistance training uh, in the home. And it might be a combo workout, like some of my workouts that, that I write for them. It might be a 30 minute workout with a combo of body weight, you know, resistance uh, and then hit. But my favorite is when my clients can get into a gym. When they can get into a gym, I just feel like uh, the efficiency is there and the results are magnified um, because I'll have them go in. And it, it, it's very, uh, one of my core values of, of working with people is having them in and out of the gym in under an hour. That's what I do. And I believe that that's what that they can do. And so depending on how many days a week they can get to the gym, um, I like four if they can commit to four, because that just gives me the ability to hit all muscle groups 
without having to stack additional muscle groups into one day. Um, four, four I found is, is best, a minimum of four. And, you know, I just do a basic split, you know, chest and triceps, back and biceps. But what I do is I'll usually do no more than six, but usually about five exercises uh, per day. And so they do a short warm up, short little stretch, go do their weights first, finish with cardio. I never have them do any more than 20 minutes of cardio, but depending on the day, there's at least two days of interval training included in there. And the interval training kicks their butt, but it's highly effective. And when, we, when they do the HIIT training, I'll usually have them do it on an elliptical or a bike, especially for the people that are a little bit more overweight. As they start to get more in shape and they start to drop some of that weight, and then their next goal becomes, hey, you know, maybe I want to see some visible abs or maybe I want to, you know, maybe I want a better physique. Um, I'll even have them go outside and start doing some sprints. Uh, I think that's where the real magic happens, but most of my clients aren't, uh, aren't equipped to do sprints, especially in the beginning. And so, yes, uh, it's that, ver- that very order that I just listed off. Weight room is no more than 20, 25 minutes. Uh, same thing on the elliptical, 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, they're in and out in an hour, and now, they've, now they feel great the rest of the day, and they've got a very efficient workout that has given them the ability to take their health to the next level as long as we get everything else dialed in. Yeah, for sure. It's so important. I think, I think people still underestimate the importance of weights. And, you know, the thing I've noticed as well, and I do a lot, as you know, with DNA testing, is it's not just women that cause need to, fo- need to focus on bone density throughout their lives. And if you don't want to be breaking bones or you don't want to have sarcopenia in your 70s and not be able to get out of a chair, then strength training is absolutely fundamental to that. Yes. Yes. And to your point, and that's why I brought up the home workout thing is that, you know, body weight squats or wall sits or anything like that, you know, uh, chair dips, push it. There's so many things you can do at home, um, but most people just aren't educated enough on it. And when you start to think outside the box, you can get creative. And I've had clients who didn't have any dumbbells who use uh, two paint cans to do, you know, to do uh, bicep curls or, or anything else. And so there's a lot of ways that you can get creative. Resistance bands are great. Um, dumbbells are, can be had for, for pretty cheap these days. Um, now they have the, the higher level dumbbells that are adjustable, um, which are a little bit more expensive. But when you're investing in your health and you know you're never going to get to a gym, then why not invest in, in a couple of those and have something that you now have a go-to and it eliminates those excuses. But you're right. I mean, men and women both need weight training. Um, and especially with weight loss, you know, as well as I do, the more lean muscle mass you have, the more calories you burn at rest. And when you add that lean muscle mass to your frame, you're now giving yourself the ability to reach your goals quicker, but also maintaining that bone health and preventing, you know, that, that bone breakdown. And so there, there's so many benefits. Um, if I had to pick one or the other, uh, for long-term health, it would be weights over cardio. I know plenty of people out there who only do weights and no cardio and are in phenomenal shape. Now, I don't know what's going on, on the inside, um, but that being said, that's a much healthier approach than being someone who, and, and I see this a lot, but goes to the gym, spends 45 to 60 minutes on the elliptical every single time they go. All they do is steady state cardio, and I've been seeing the same two guys at the gym now for three years, and they haven't lost a single pound, and that's all mm. they do. Is that better than sitting at home on the couch? For sure that is not going to help you reach your goals um, unless you really focus on getting your nutrition dialed in. You have a little bit more leeway when it comes to weights and 
I think it's a crucial aspect for everybody to include some kind of resistance training into their life. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And I think the thing is with that sort of endurance-based cardio in terms of the sort of fat burn, you should be working that into your everyday everyday life story. So things like making sure you go for a walk at lunchtime, maybe having an under desk treadmill, all those things that you're doing at very low, the kind of list style work should just be incorporated. And so I 100% agree with you. If you ha- if I had to pick one, it would be weights every single time. Yeah. Um, because for the health benefits and the aesthetics and the bone benefits, it's just, yeah. I, I was just going to add to that. You know, the thing is, is there is science out there showing us too that you know, depending on the type of weight training that you do, it can also be beneficial for your heart as well, for heart health. And so, you know, I think that, that the combination of both is important, but, but I'm with you. If you got to pick one and that's all you have, quote unquote, have time for, as long as you're working in some walking into your day, um, the sky becomes the limit for you. The, the key is getting started and making it happen though. Mm, yeah, for sure. And I think um, there's something I wanted to go back to actually that you were speaking about earlier, about your clients getting to the stage where, when they've got into this really consistent um, sleep routine, they then wake up because I think a lot of people don't realize that, um, you know, they wake up for the alarm is they, they don't realize that actually that repeatedly hitting the snooze button. There've been studies showing that that has a potentially damaging effect on your heart because you're suddenly like you're falling back into sleep and then you're jolted back up. And yeah. then you go hit the snooze and then you go back and then you jolt back up and that cortisol rise is it's not a healthy way to wake up on <laughs> no. a daily basis. No, not at all. And I, <laughs> I like that you brought that up because it's, it's so huge. Mm. And what have you found like um, with your clients? Because obviously if they're busy people and they haven't respected their, their sleep, what kind of things do you do with them to really enhance their sleep? Is it kind of relaxation techniques, you know, minimizing blue light what advice would you give to people who want to get that consistent sleep routine and actually start waking up earlier and kind of managing their day? Yeah, great question. And I have a very set routine that I use and I encourage all of my clients to do it. And so I actually use an app called Evernote and it's a free app. And inside of Evernote, there is a gratitude journal template. I use it every day in my life and I encourage my clients to do the same, like I said. But inside the gratitude journal template, it's not just gratitude. So there's four quadrants in the gratitude journal template. Um, I only use three of them. But what I do is before sleep, there's, there's, when I wake up, I fill out the gratitude journal template. And then right before I go to bed, uh, a little bit before I go to bed, you, you mentioned blue light. I try to eliminate some of that right before sleep. But the last thing that I do on my phone is the bottom two quadrants of this gratitude journal template, which I have found is so, so powerful. So step number one is getting to sleep at the same time every, every night as much as possible. Like for me, it's 1030. I try to have lights out by 1030. Um, if it wavers a little bit, okay, but I try not to get too close to 11. Uh, if it's earlier, no big deal. But if you can get that part dialed in, your body will get very much used to that. We're, you know, our body's in a, a machine, an amazing machine. And it will adjust and, and get used to the things that you're doing repetitively for it. And so I have them go to bed at the same time. But then on the bottom two quadrants of this gratitude journal template, there is the five people that made the biggest impact in your life for the day. And then on the bottom right, that's on the bottom left. On the bottom right, there is five wins that happened to you in your life that day. For me, my wins could be I landed a new uh, private client. 
or I took my son to the park and we spent 30 minutes there with no cell phone in sight, or I came home and we hung out, um, we played a game or something and I didn't have my cell phone in sight, um, or I went to the gym and had a better workout than I thought I was going to have. Wins can be anything that you want them to be, but what you're doing is you're proving to yourself that you are a winner. So what mm. you've just done is you've fueled your mind with nothing but positivity right before bed. Five people that made a difference. Those people could be someone who made a comment on one of my social media posts saying, hey, this really inspired me. Or someone who reached out, I answered their question. And they're like, thank you so much. This really, really helped me. You know, those are, those are people that made an impact. Could be my, uh, my son's teacher at school saying, hey, you know, Blake had a really great day today. Um, he helped me clean up the, you know, the dining room after we ate or whatever. And so five people that made an impact and then five wins for the day. What you've just done is you've fueled your mind with positivity right before you go to bed. And now your subconscious mind goes to work. You know you're a winner. You know you're a positive person. And then the very first thing that you do in the morning when you wake up is five to six things that you're most grateful for. Number one for me is always that I woke up or that I'm alive. You know, we're, nobody's promised tomorrow. If you can't be grateful for being alive, you need to do some soul searching. And so that's always the first thing on my list. But that formula, uh, as soon as you wake up, now you're, now you're practicing gratitude and, and fueling your mind with more positivity. So right before bed and right after you wake up, you've done nothing but, but feed your mind positive thoughts. And that continuous practice has changed my life. Uh, you stack that stack meditation onto that too. And it's, it's a game changer. So that's how I help people dial in their sleep is by sticking to a strict sleep schedule and then going through this routine uh, that really sets them up to, to start dominating their day. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I find those habits stack very well together and it's kind of like compound interest, isn't it? That's the thing. Yes. You, the results just get better and better. That's the thing. Um, similarly with nutrition. So, um, and what have you found? Cause I know you've got, so you obviously lost the 60 pounds. You got featured in men's health magazine. Um, you must've got down to a pretty low body fat percentage. I find that with, if we're talking about men, for example, that actually when they get to around 12% is quite hard to maintain without making some drastic changes. Most, most men can kind of comfortably maintain 14 to 15% without actually being too restrictive. What, what have you found with that? Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. Um, my system, anybody that can implement my system generally is able to maintain that because it takes the guesswork out. The issue is this, is that, you know, if, if you don't have a, a structure and framework to follow and you, you don't have this part of your life planned out, then it can be very, um, it, nutrition is the one health habit that has the most room for error. Let's just call it that. So on, on a general person's, a normal person's life, who's not, you know, trying to add a bunch of muscle mass or is trying to cut weight, uh, there's not a gym, what we call a gym freak or something like that. Usually people eat three meals a day. You know, if they're eating a breakfast, a lunch and a dinner, um, that's typical here. That's 21 meals a week that you have the potential to make some progress or take a few steps back. And for me, what I've found is if I can keep that to only a couple of meals a week, but those meals are planned out, then that's where the magic happens. And so what I've done is I've gotten myself to a place where I'm so disciplined that starting on Sunday night, all the way through Friday afternoon, my nutrition is spot on. I mean, healthy, nutrient-dense foods, 
I don't eat any sweets. I, I waver very little um, unless it's, you know, I'm on vacation or something like that. But my normal, normal week is spot on. Friday night and Saturday night are always what I call cheat meals. Some people don't like that word. I like that word. Um, but that, that allows me to take pressure off myself throughout the week because I know those meals are coming. And that doesn't mean it's a cheat day. Saturday during the day, I'll fast a little bit longer and then I'll have my normal healthy meals leading up to Saturday night. So I've kind of, re- I've, I've pushed back my calorie load um, later in the day on Saturday. So Friday night is usually, I mean, you know, my logo. So usually Friday night's going to be a burger and a beer. I love burgers and that's part of my brand. It's very much become part of me. Saturday night could be, you know, could be some Mexican food, could be some pizza. If my wife is craving something. We might go out for that. But having those two meals in place, I know those are coming. And in my mind, I've already told myself, all right, well, I'm going to be disciplined all week. I'm going to get great results in the gym. And then when those times come, I'm going to let loose a little bit. I'm not counting calories. I might overeat a little bit, but I know that the next day I'm right back to the grind. And so having a structure in place like that to follow is super powerful. And it might not work for everybody, but there's some people in my community um, who have implemented this into their life and they're getting amazing results. And I just see that, you know, you've got to realize it's, it's literally two meals out of 21 or maybe you eat a little bit more. Um, that's not going to sabotage your physique as long as you're putting in the work the rest of the time. But when you start to get into the four, five, six, or eight meals a week, then yeah, it's going to be hard to maintain a lower body fat percentage. And that's just the facts of life. You know, food is fuel. And if you're using food for enjoyment uh, more than a small percentage of the time, uh, it's going to come back to bite you. And that's not what it's intended to. It's intended to fuel our body. And that's what I use it for most of the time. But I also believe that food is one of the many joys of life. And we need to have fun a little bit too, if this is going to be something that's sustainable over the long term. Yeah, I love that. I think, I think we all have to have fun. Otherwise, it's not sustainable, as you say. For sure. Um, And also, I think when you become a bit like you were describing with the gratitude journaling, when you become a bit more mindful about what you're doing, you start to realize that, you know, that maybe that chicken with some vegetables or a salad and the avocado for the healthy fats, you actually feel way more productive in the afternoon after that lunch than actually if you went and had a pizza or a burger. Yes. And then that feedback loop just, you know, reinforces itself because you want to eat healthily because now you feel great. So... For sure. Yeah. And I'll add to that, you know, a- another advantage to planning it on a Friday and a Saturday night is you mentioned the burger or the pizza like mid-afternoon or for lunch. Uh, you're going to have that, you're going to have that afternoon crash. Those aren't good calories. And we know that, you know, that you, you have white bread with pizza or the white bread with the burger. Um, and there's not a lot of nutrients on either. You're going to, you're going to have that energy dip uh, later in the afternoon, which is going to be, you're going to be less productive. And so when you do it on a Friday night or a Saturday night, the only thing that's going to happen is you're going to go to bed. You're going to wake up the next day. You might not feel your best, but now you have an opportunity to start eating healthy again, drink your water, get back up to par, and now you can move forward with your life. And you don't have to worry about lack of production because you did it on an evening and you got to sleep it off, essentially. So there's advantages to it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess my last question would be then, because you were talking about mindset being so important and we've touched on it a little bit with some of the practices. But what would you say to people who just feel, you know, like they have those days, you've mentioned that every day is obviously a new start, right? You can get back on track. 
But sometimes they just feel like, oh, I, just, I can't be asked. I can't get up in the morning. I haven't got that mind over mattress or I don't feel I can be consistent. And often what we'll see is that people get to certain levels of success. And then for whatever reason, they almost have this upper limit. I think there's a great book actually written about the upper limit. And then they begin to self-sabotage. What would be your advice in terms of how people can avoid that and get their mindset back on track? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question because it, we deal with it a lot. And, and I tell you, um, it's very easy to self-sabotage when you haven't developed the discipline yet. And that's just it. As, you know, you, you've been stuck for a while, especially if you're someone that's, that's overweight and you're trying to lose weight. But what, what people, what people want to believe is that when you go on a weight loss journey, you want to think that you're going to lose two to three pounds a week, every week until you reach your goal. And we have this like magical picture that it's just going to be this perfect formula. When in reality, it's just not, you know, you might lose two pounds the first week. You might lose zero pounds week two. You might gain five pounds week three, and then you might lose three pounds week four. And that's just how the body works. And you know, everybody's body's a little bit different. And so when it comes to mindset, you've got to realize that it's, an, it's about embracing the journey. Because here's the thing is, no matter whether you're seeing physical results as quick as you want or not, when you start to implement the things that we've talked about in this episode, you focus on getting better sleep, you focus on managing your stress better, you focus on eating more nutrient dense foods and less junk. And that's all you do is leave it at that. And that's your thought process that all I'm going to do is focus on eating more healthy foods, and start to eliminate junk and just simplify the process like that. And then you also get more active. You have to realize that the things that you're doing for your body are impacting the inside way more than they are the outside, especially in the beginning. The inside of your body is loving what you're doing to it when you're starting to implement these healthy changes. And so I think that when it comes to mindset, you've got to first, first step is decide why you're doing it and having that, that driving motivator inside of you of why you're, why you're beginning this journey. You didn't get to a place where you became sick and tired and sick and tired and just say, okay, well, I want to get healthy just because there's a reason why. And that reason might change. Maybe in the beginning, it's because you want to be around long-term for your kids and watch them grow up to pursue greatness. Maybe, you know, maybe it changes to, well, you know, I have, you know, I'm single and I haven't dated for a while. And now I really want to start to be, become more attractive so I can attract a new mate, you know, that, something like that. And so, your, your motivator may change, but you have to have a why, a, a, a reason why you're getting up every, every day to start to establish this discipline. But you also have to realize this, is that you know as well as I do. Uh, I, I posted about this, uh, this today on my Facebook that this week I, I've been a little bit off. I've been in a little bit of a funk. Um, on Monday, I had a, a huge phone call with my dad to mend a relationship that's been quite rocky for a while. Um, and it was very emotional for me. Um, on Tuesday, I went and had some medical issues that I was concerned about for a while, checked out and all was good. And so that was kind of, you know, kind of, uh, weighing on me for a while. And so this week I've been in a little bit of a funk yesterday. I went to the gym and I dreaded the whole drive there. I did a story about it. I'm like, I do not want to go to the gym today for all you guys who think that motivation just comes naturally to people who are fit and healthy. I uh, just want you to know that's not the truth. I went in the gym and I told you that my, my, one of my core values is getting in, in the gym in and out in under an hour. I was at the gym for almost two hours yesterday. That's not because I was having a great workout. It's because I was having an awful workout. I couldn't stay off my phone. I was using it as a distraction so I didn't have to continue to do the work. I was taking 10 minutes in between each, you know, each exercise. 
I drew out the whole process way longer than it should have been, but I still got there. And so you've got, going back to those wins, you've got to stack up those wins because I could have very easily skipped my workout yesterday. And even though it was crappy, a crappy workout is always better than, than no workout. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to mindset, you've got to embrace the journey and just realize that it's not, all, it's not always going to be great. Some days you're going to feel fantastic. Some days you're going to be down on yourself and that's okay. But as long as you keep pushing forward and moving forward towards your ultimate goal, which is to achieve optimal health and also be around long-term and achieve longevity that you're after. Nobody wants to die young, most people that are in their right mind. And so when you, when you start to think about the bigger picture, it becomes a little bit easier to realize that, okay, I am doing good. I am moving forward. You know, document those wins before you go to bed. You are a winner and you've got to take credit for your small victories because like you said, they have a compounding effect and that compounding effect, especially when it comes to your subconscious mind, can be one of the most powerful tools you can use for, for yourself. Yeah, 100%. I love that. And, you know, action creates motivation, not the other way around. That's yes. the thing. People don't realize, well, when I'll do it when I get motivated. Motivation's not coming. It, no, no one's coming. Action creates motivation. Yes. Um, and, and know what, you know, a bad workout is, as you say, still way better. And I think the biggest thing people don't realize as well is that we're extraordinarily good at letting ourselves down. We don't let other people down, but we do let ourselves down. And your subconscious hears that. So if you made a plan to go to the gym or to do a workout or to get out of bed without snoozing your alarm and you fail on that, your, your mind is perceiving that as failure. And, and that has a drastic and negative effect on you. Yes. I love that you brought that up because it's something that I often talk about as well. And it's about keeping the promises or the micro commitments that you make to yourself. When you commit to a new healthy lifestyle and you start to break those promises, because here's the thing, we're all professional excuse makers. Is there something that I don't want to do? I'll find a million and one reasons not to do it. Um, we're all professional negotiators. You know, I negotiate with myself all the time, but when you start to feel yourself negotiating, on something that you know is valuable in your life, just move forward and do it. Count down from five and make it happen because you will talk yourself out of it. Um, I don't know if you know who David Goggins is, um, mm -hmm. but he, yeah, so yeah, David yeah. Goggins, uh, one of his quotes is, you know, you've got to be ready to go to war with yourself. And that's the truth. You know, when you think about it, that's deep, but it's so true because like you said, if you break these promises or these micro commitments that you made to yourself, you're, you're not only fueling your, your subconscious mind now with nothing but negativity, you're, you're losing trust with yourself and you're just getting further and further away from your goal. And so when you can accept that and know that those times are going to happen, because nobody's perfect, we all go through these moments like I did yesterday. I did not want to go to the gym, but I knew that if I just got through those gym doors, I knew why I was there. I wasn't there to people watch, even though I ended up being on my phone too much, I still got through the workout. And that's what I think separates people who live a healthy lifestyle and people who don't, it's such a tiny fraction that separates us. And those who can establish that new discipline and just make it happen, the times that you don't want to do something are the most important to make it happen. Because when you do that, that is such a giant win for your subconscious mind. And that, mm. again, that's such a powerful thing for you to use for yourself instead of against yourself. Yeah, that is so powerful. And as Tony Robbins says, Stop shooting all over yourself. Yeah, People say, I should do this, I should do that. Stop shooting all over yourself and just do it. And yeah, no, it's absolutely true. Well, um, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing all of me. that. I yeah. think it's 
it's been amazing really because often people know that the things that they should do as we said you know they know they need to eat better they know they need to move more they know they should be prioritizing their sleep but that missing piece around the mindset the motivation that's so amazing that you've shared so much on that because i think that's really where people um struggle and i really value your honesty in terms of sharing your week and how it didn't all go perfectly and that's the thing right we're all imperfect but we've just got to continue on um i love that yeah absolutely i often say you know accept your imperfections but strive for perfection you know and it's if you can wrap your head around that it just it it goes back to that mindset stuff you know you just you just have to keep moving forward and i think that you know hopefully your listeners got that today in in my country do you guys have amazon there yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I often use, uh, I, I thought you did. I often use the saying that, you know, motivation is not going to show up on your, on your doorstep in an Amazon prime box. Mm-hmm. It's just not. And you said action creates motivation, especially in the beginning for anybody that's listening right now, who is having a hard time getting started or having a hard time staying consistent. You've just got to grit your teeth and make it happen. Because once you do, I often say leverage momentum instead of motivation, especially on Mondays. I like to say Monday momentum. Because if you can start Mondays with nothing but momentum and you get to the gym, you drink your water, you get to bed on time, you eat healthy, then now you've got momentum for the rest of the week. If you skip your workout on Monday, you skip your, your healthy eating on Monday or any of your healthy habits, now you've automatically given yourself a built-in excuse on Tuesday. And that is a recipe for disaster. But if you start the week strong, now you've got this massive momentum that you can use for you and carry you through the rest of the week. Yeah, that is so, so true. If you, if you start off with bad things on a Monday, the whole week is lost. Start strong. Yes. I love that. That's so true. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, thank you so much. Thank you again for coming on and sharing all of that. Where can people find you on the Dad Bod Pod? Um, that's your podcast. But where else? I'm going to put all the links in the show notes. But please explain where they can find more about you and the programs that you run. Yeah, for sure. So... Uh, best, I'm at DadBod Health pretty much everywhere. Um, Instagram is at DadBod Health. That's a good place to see kind of who I am, what I'm about. I think what you'll see about my page is that um, you're not going to see fitness videos for me. You're not going to see many gym pictures for me. I'm very much a guy who just loves life. Fitness is very much a part of my life, but it's it's not who I am, you know. And so I don't let that define me. But at DadBod Health on Instagram. Um, you know, my podcast is the dad bod pod and you can find it on all platforms for any men that are out there listening. Um, I do a lot of, um, a lot of valuable content on there to help you, uh, with your health journey. Um, you can go to dadbodhealth.com. My website is, it, it needs some updating in terms of my programs, but if anybody ever wanted to ask me any questions or, or had anything, uh, you know, in terms of what I do and what I offer, you can always just shoot me an email. It's jason at dadbodhealth.com. Brilliant. I will link to all of that in the show notes. Um, And thank you so much for coming on. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening. Remember to review and subscribe. You can grab the show notes, the resources and highlights of everything Angela mentioned over at AngelaFosterPerformance.com. You can also snatch up plenty of other goodies, including the highly helpful Angela Recommends page, which is a list of everything she personally recommends to optimize your mind, body and lifestyle.